Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podbytes. Can you hear me well? I'm Valentina Kaladina. We're live on Castbox every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Podbytes is a live interactive show where we talk about podcasting. This is episode number five. For questions and comments, please call or text. It would be great to hear from you guys. Podbytes is a weekly interactive show. In Podbytes, we invite investors, podcasters, and other key opinion leaders to share their insights into the future of the podcast industry. The show is recorded live and uploaded as a podcast episode afterwards. You guys can engage with other listeners and guests by dialing in or writing comments in real time. You can also send virtual gifts to the host to support the show. You can find previous episodes of the show in Replace. Just search for Replace for Valentina Caladina. A week ago, we were joined by James Cridland, radio futurologist, writer, consultant, and public speaker on radio's future. James is managing editor of a daily podcast newsletter, podnews.net, and he runs the media information website, media.info. James has worked in radio since 1989 as an award-winning copywriter, presenter, and internet strategist. He worked at the original Virgin Radio in London and then at the BBC. We were talking about the future of audio content, listeners' preferences, and the winners of British Podcast Award. Check it out in Replace. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to get booked on more podcasts. In a few minutes, we will talk to Jessica Rhodes, who is the founder and co-owner of Interview Connections. It's going to be an interesting discussion. You can type your questions in the chat window and call in. But before we start the interview, let's look through some of the recent news in podcasting. Let's start with my favorite topic about investments. In Sweden, Podme, a podcast subscription service, has raised 1.3 million US dollars in funding, reporting podnews.net. Investors include a large Nordic, Nordic media company, Shipstead. Podme has 20,000 subscribers. It's great to see new investments in the industry. One more, PodTrack has altered its measurement algorithm to better comply with Interactive Advertising Bureau compliance and certification process. As a result, some of its download counts are a little down, reporting Hotbot. Last one. Upcoming Podcast Day, which is organized by Radio Days Europe, has released its program. This will be the third podcast day and first time held in London. A full day on June 13th will be jam-packed with the latest information, cases, strategies, numbers, trends, and obviously interesting people. Listen, learn, ask, and network at the center of the podcasting community. One of the keynote speakers is the winner of five British Podcast Awards, George the Poet, Poet and Podcaster. The judges called it a unique mix of drama, news, poetry, observations, experimental ideas, and music. So lots of interesting things, things will be going on there. Please join the event to meet CastBox. Podcast Day in London is a good chance to meet CastBox to talk about podcasting. Look forward to see you guys at the Podcast Day. Now, some facts about CastBox. Our user, Yuki M, is the most southern CastBox user in Japan, and basically he's the only user in the Chatan, a town located in Okinawa Prefecture. Hey, Yuki, although you're the only user there in Chatan, you have 20 million CastBox friends all around the world. 
Okay, thanks everyone for joining today. This is Podbytes. Thank you guys for joining. Thanks and welcome, Rick, Noel, Jesse, Jeremy, uh, lots of anonymous users, Naveen, Chetarina, Stefan, Brittany, Darwin, Harish, Helen, Mastane, Jimmy, Andrew, Taylor. Thanks, Breward, for, for your love. Welcome, Chris. Welcome, Kate, Halle, Brian, Dirk, Asbel. Thanks, Guy, for following the host. And uh, please follow the host and you will get notification once the next show is online. All right. Now back to the interview. This is Podbys Talk Show. I'm Valentina Kaladina, and today I'm jo joined by Jessica Rhodes. Jessica is the founder and equal co-owner of Interview Connections, which is the first podcast booking agency. She started the business in 2012 and has scaled it quickly to high multiple six figures with nearly no direct marketing or ads. The Interview Connections team of booking agents work with clients such as Ali Brown, JJ Virgin, Perry Marshall, and other authors, as well as numerous peer agencies. Prior to starting her own business, Jessica worked as Field Canvas Director at Clean Water Action. Jessica is a podcaster herself, doing a regular show called Rock the Podcast. Jessica has been a featured speaker at Podcast Movement, Podfest Multimedia Expo, and Dream Business Academy. She is married and is the mom of two kids, Nathan and Lucy. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. Great. Um, it's our pleasure, definitely. And uh, I remind uh, to our listeners again that if you guys have any questions, you can type your questions in the text window or you can call in. And welcome to everyone who uh, who's joining now, Lideron, Kathleen, Joe, Mr. Benny, Milto, Chatarina, Brittany, Kathleen, Larry Dawn. Hi, Mr. Benny. So this is a Podbytes show where we talk about podcasting. Please stay tuned. Great. I will start taking questions a little bit later. So I want to start with uh, some, uh, with the, short conversation about how Jessica start, uh, started her business. So Jessica, let's look back and imagine we are in 2012 from canvassing to podcasting. This was a big change. Uh, so how did you start into your connections? Yeah, well, I was working, as you said, at a nonprofit organization. And when I got pregnant with my first child, I wanted to be home. I didn't want to be working really 11, 12-hour days outside on my feet, I wanted to make a change. And my dad, who's a business coach and an entrepreneur, suggested that I start a virtual assistant business um, as a way to work from home and have a more flexible schedule. And it was really just out of him tell, you know, asking me to book him for interviews on podcasts. That's how I got into podcasting. I didn't really listen to podcasts at the time. Um, I wasn't really familiar with the industry or with even with online business. Um, I just started, you know, being a virtual assistant, taking on some clients, working with my dad. And through booking him for interviews on podcasts, my eyes were really opened up to this industry. And I saw how much opportunity there was um, 
you know, to have a business where I could connect people for interviews because so much was coming out of the conversations that I was helping people, you know, get connected for. Right. And when did you realize that this business has a potential to be scaled to something big? Well, it was so in the first few months, I was uh, booking interviews as a virtual assistant. And then I started interview connections officially in September of 2013. Um, and at that point, it was really, I started interview connections and, and kind of shifted from being a freelancer into having an agency model, uh, because I wanted something a little bit more scalable. I had it, I didn't quite realize what was possible and like how much I could grow it. Um, until probably halfway through 2014, I grew from zero to six figures in less than a year. And I thought, okay, <laughs> there's something here. This is growing rapidly. I was, you know, bringing on um, virtual assistants and contractors to to help me do the booking. Um, and that's really where my eyes started opening up. And I thought, okay, this is no longer just like a part-time thing. Like this is actually a real business and this is starting to take off. Right. And later uh, you... Uh you had a business partner, right? Could you mm -hmm. share a little bit? How did you find your business partner? Well, my business partner, Margie Feldtune, actually worked with me at the nonprofit that I worked for. That's actually how we met. Oh, um, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, it, great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we worked together there. And, and then, you know, we went our separate ways. She moved to Asia for a couple of years. Um, and when she moved back, um, we reconnected on Facebook and she was looking for an opportunity to work from home um, in Colorado when she was living there. And so she started working for um, interview connections as a contract booker. And about, I would say, probably six months to a year into that, she moved back to Rhode Island, where we are based. I hired her as my first full-time employee and at her annual review I asked her if she wanted to be co-owner in the business <laughs> so yeah she uh, and, she, how long did it take her to think about it well that is probably a whole other conversation in and of itself <laughs> is, um, okay but yeah, it it was over the course. So over the course of about a month, we started talking about new business ideas when she was an employee before I had offered her any equity. And I just kind of heard her with her ideas. And, and, and I just said, do you want to like be an entrepreneur? And she's like, yes. I said, okay. And I thought to myself, well, she wants to be an entrepreneur. And if I don't make her a business owner in this company, she's going to go off and start her own. <laughs> and I mm -hmm. didn't want to lose her because we worked really well together. She really balanced me out. So um, yeah, through a series of some conversations, we came to, um, yeah, to a really, really great agreement and business partnership. Right. So, um, Jessica, I think that among our listeners, we have uh, those guys who are not familiar with podcasting and uh, uh, may be not aware of your business and your business model. Could you uh, explain um, in very simple words, maybe in one sentence, what is your business about? 
So my business is a boutique PR agency, meaning we book our clients for interview opportunities on podcast shows. And we also book guests for podcast shows as well. So we have services for both guests and hosts who need interviews. Right. Okay. That's, uh, I think, uh, in this way, so everyone w- will understand the business. And, uh, my next question is, um, I would uh, like to talk more about your clients. So among them, you have both, you have hosts that are looking for guests and guests that are looking for hosts, which portion is bigger. Definitely the guests that want to be booked on other shows. Um, that's the vast majority of our business. Right. So when you're matching them, how does it work? Is it a completely tailor-made approach for every client or do you use any software or any algorithm that helps you to speed up the process? It is completely tailored. Um, It's very white glove. We have uh, employees doing all of the matching. Um, I've definitely thought about, okay, is there an algorithm or software and maybe that's part of our future is to automate that a little bit more with having some algorithms. But what I have found and what we have seen for in our business is that the return on investment that people get from podcast interviews has so much to do with the relationships. And I just haven't, you know, we haven't discovered a software that is able to automate relationship building. So, um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So we are hand selecting the shows We're we're sending the, you know, personalized pitches and we're making those, um, you know, those introductions for our clients. How do you select the target podcasts for your clients? What are your ABC for that? Yeah. Well, there's a series of conversations that we have with clients before we start finding and booking them on shows. Um, I mean, so the first step is just an initial call that um, myself or my team has with somebody before they become a client. And that's where I'm asking them about their business and their goals for podcasting, their target audience, their ideal client. Like I'm just really working to gather as much information as possible about what they want to get out of podcasting, who they want to be talking to. And from there, we start to look at what kinds of shows are going to be speaking to those kinds of individuals. Um, After that, after they become a client, we have a discovery call with them where we dig deeper into that. And then we start talking about, okay, what are the topics and questions that they could be talking about on podcast interviews? Um, Because we want to combine what, who their target audience is, what their target audience is interested in, and then what their areas of expertise are. What are their speaking topics? What are some of the questions a host could ask them? And so these are all the, you know, these are all the factors that we look at to then identify, all right, what kinds of shows are going to bring that all together? And we look for podcasts that are well-established. We look for podcasts with good sound quality because people, you know, they want to enjoy listening to it. We look yeah. for with a good online presence. And then most importantly, it is podcast hosted by somebody that is going to be a good connection for them uh, because a lot of our clients get a return on investment because of the relationship with that host. The podcast host actually refers business to them or the podcast host themselves becomes a client of their business. Um, so we're really looking at who that host is, who the target audience is. Mm. Could you share an example of a perfect match? 
Mm, yeah. So one example of a perfect match was um, there is a podcast called A Well-Designed Business hosted by Luann Nigera. It is one of the most successful interior designed um, business podcasts. And we booked our client, Peter Lang, who is the designer CPA. So he is a um, certified public accountant, and he also does outsource CFO work. Um, and his target market, his ideal client is a d- interior designer um, or an artist or some kind of dis- creative business. We booked Peter on Luann's podcast where he is speaking to thousands of creative design entrepreneurs. Um, he got a ton of interest into his business from the podcast. He was then offered an opportunity to co-author a book with Luann, the host. Um, and then he went to her conference and he got so many clients, so much exposure and opportunities from that one interview. So um, that's just one example that came to mind first, but there's definitely a lot of others. Um, but yeah, it just that match transformed his business over the last year. Oh, that's a, a great example. Great return on investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, before we move on, let me welcome uh, our new users who just joined. Welcome, Plattsburg, Eric. Hello uh, to other users, Anonymous, or those with the uh, names that I cannot read. And Simone Willard, Mukarin, Omar, Alessandro, Brett, Grant, Robin, Brooke, Tina, Matt. And thank you guys for your love. Thanks, Eric and Joshua for sending hearts. And we are going to continue talking about uh, podcast booking. Um, from Jessica, from your previous interviews, I, I learned that uh, the best guests for the podcasts, I mean, the best, um, yeah, the best type of guests are people who work for consulting business. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious, among your clients, how big is the portion of entrepreneurs, coaches or consultants? And could you elaborate on, on that a little bit? Yeah, a lot of our clients are coaches and consultants. Um, I don't know exactly what percentage, but the the three main kinds of clients that we work with are either coaches or consultants, um, real estate investors, and agency owners. And we certainly have clients in other types of businesses. But the reason coaches and consultants are one of the main kinds of clients that we work with is because when a coach or a consultant Um, takes on a client, it's usually for a pretty big contract. They are bringing on a client that works with them for several months or has a, you know, a year long retainer. Um, so converting one client ends up being, you know, it could be a minimum of $5,000 to up to $50,000. Um, When some of our clients, their their consulting clients are worth two hundred and fifty thousand if they're working with like a major corporation mm-hmm. um, doing consulting work. So, based on the time and money that they invest in being interviewed on podcasts to convert just one consulting or coaching client, it ends up being a huge return on investment. And the other reason that coaches and consultants do so well with podcast interviews is that 
people hire a coach or a consultant that they feel like they know, like, and trust. Like if you're going to work with a coach or a consultant, you really have to feel like they're the right person for you. Uh, because there's just so much, there's so many conversations. They, the, your coach really gets to know your business. You're working closely with them and you have to mesh well with them because there's a million business strategists. There's a million marketing coaches, but you have to find the person that's right for you. So when you can hear that person be interviewed on a podcast, you can really get a sense of if they do, they have the right style and do they have the same approach to business that you do? So that's just why we've seen that coaches and consultants do so well with podcasting. Cause it, um, and, and just going back to what I said before, the host often ends up saying, I want to work with you. Um, you know, we have, we have a client who we booked on a podcast and then our client ended up hiring the host, um, as a coach. Mm-hmm. And so, so just bringing people together for the interviews, people end up working together a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but for for my understanding, that um, th- one of the reasons that like so many guests on the podcasts are coming from consulting businesses because uh, this business is about conversations. Um, mm-hmm. When you don't really have uh, a lot of visual data, or I mean, comparing to the art or production businesses where you have to see the real actual product. Um, yeah. Could you, you just uh, shared an example of, uh, of an architect um, of an architectural business. So could you just uh, elaborate uh, a little bit more on this example or share some other examples um, when you had clients that were coming from other non-conventional verticals? Sure. Um So let's see another example. Um, actually, you know, you said architect, which made me think of another example. Um, we have a client that, uh, she is a coach. Her name is Stacy Brown Randall and she coaches people on how to get referrals without asking. Um, and she specifically works with people who are, as she says, you know, are in a business where they have some letters after their name, you know, um, CPA, CFP, um, you know, architects or, you know, they, they have some level of, you know, education and qualifications to the kind of business. So the people, the, the consumers that her clients are working with um, need to have a very high level of trust. So she teaches them how to get referrals from their clients without having to like ask them for one. And we booked her on a podcast um, speaking to architects. And what came out of that was an opportunity to then speak at that architects um, conference um, at a, you know, a meeting of all of his architect, um, you know, architects in his community. Um, And so, so that's just another example of, you know, connecting with the host um, and bringing more value to that community outside of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take a question from our listener, Injil Ahmed. He's asking, uh, do you have to work on the content of the podcast as well? So as a guest expert, you don't have to do much in the way of production. And that's part of the benefit of being a guest is you really get the benefit of 
being interviewed and being featured on a podcast without having to, to create all the content. Um, now, where as a guest, where you will be creating the content is um, at the beginning of your podcasting journey, you do want to be clear on what your potential interview topics and questions are. Um, and we teach and we do this for our clients is to create a podcast one sheet, which is a PDF it's branded so it matches your business branding. It has your logo and it'll have your bio, your top interview topics, and then suggested questions that a host could ask you. That is a one-time thing though. So you do that once and then every time you're interviewed, you can send that one sheet to the host. And because each host has their own style, every interview is going to have its you know, own flavor and, and um, you know, they're all going to ask you slightly different questions, but um but yeah, you don't have yeah. to do yeah, the questions every time. Okay, but uh, do you provide any kind of coaching before your uh, before your actually clients are going to be interviewed? Do you provide them any like insights or do you, do you give them some tips? Yeah, so we so specifically at Interview Connections, we're working with um, clients who are pretty experienced with speaking and, and being interviewed. Um, but some of my tips for being a guest, I can definitely show them right now, um, <laughs> is, sure, <laughs> so, please. yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's, it's interesting because, and I get asked this question a lot, um, because it makes sense. Like, do you do media training? And there is media training available to people, which I think is very important when you are being interviewed on TV or on the radio where you have seven minutes, you know, or you have two minutes to give a sound bite, you do need to be trained to give that value in that amount of time. Podcasting, you, I don't think you need media training so much as you need to be a good conversationalist and you need to be a good listener. If you're good at having a conversation and you're good at listening, you are going to be a great podcast guest because those are the two keys. Um, I say you have to be a good listener because if you are not listening to what the host is asking you um, and what their response is to your answers, then it's hard to have a valuable back and forth with them. One of our clients, Oscar Tremboli, actually teaches deep listening. He has a podcast about deep listening. And we book him on podcast talking about this because it's so important. And one of the most basic tips that he gives that I use all the time is just to breathe deeply. We're so used to breathing really shallow. But when you take deep breaths, you focus more, you you pay attention and you listen better. And then also to stay hydrated, have water. Mm -hmm. I have water right next to me right now because I'm on a podcast and I'm talking and I want to make sure that I'm hydrated so I can listen um, and pay attention. So those are some of my top tips. But yeah, it all comes back to being a good listener and just giving interesting answers. You know, you don't want to give super short answers because in an hour long podcast, it would take like 50 questions to fill up an hour. So you want to give long enough answers where people can be engaged in, you know, what you're sharing. Okay. So now I'm taking a deep breath. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm, t uh, I'm uh, going to take another question from Injil Ahmed. Uh, Injil is asking, uh, do you have a fixed rate for your service or there are any packages? Yeah. Um, so we, we do have fixed rates and packages and, um, just because this podcast will be evergreen and people will be listening at different times. 
I would invite you to go to our website and we can have a, a one-on-one call to, to talk about the package that is a good fit for you. Um, you can go to interviewconnections.com and, and pretty quickly send in your information and get my scheduling link from there. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, I'm coming back to your questions later a little bit. Uh, I want to talk more about uh, connecting people and podcasts. Uh, I'm curious uh, to talk about branding departments of corporates and PR departments of uh, corporates. Uh, mm-hmm. do, you, do you work with them? And uh, if possible, could you share a case study? Yeah. And so um, you said uh, like brand uh, PR departments of corporations or PR agencies. I'm curious to, yeah, I'm curious to talk about PR departments of the corporations mm-hmm. uh, when the, uh, when it, your client is not an indi- individual coach or entrepreneur, but when it's a huge corporation where you have yeah. to comply with their regulations and take into account their branding, which is, and the guidelines that are probably quite strict. So something like that. Yeah. The, okay. That's, yeah, that's a great question. So we, we don't work with super large corporations to the point where there would be sort of like, you know, regulations and things like that. Our clients, if they are larger than a, you know, a coach or a consultant style business, they're still privately held companies um, where we may be booking this chief marketing officer, um, the CEO, uh, something like that. We definitely have clients that may not be the founder of the business, but they are the CEO or the CMO. Um and so their their marketing department or their PR department will will use our services to you know to get their executives booked. Um, so so yeah, I don't have you know a specific case study because it, it, they really all fall in line with um, a lot of our other clients. Um, like they tend to be agency owners. Um, we work with USA Financial, which is a pretty big company in the financial services industry, um, and so we're working with them to. They have, you know, a network of podcasts that we're working with them on booking their guests and, and getting them booked on shows. So, um, yeah. Is it difficult? Is it more difficult than working with individuals? Well, I would say it's it's not more difficult once they are a client. It's, <laughs> it's a little bit mm. more difficult to have a larger company um, become a client just because there are so many more people involved in the decision making of taking on, you know, of, of working with a vendor, you know, of hiring an agency like ours. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't say it's any more or less uh, difficult to mm. book that. Okay. Um, before we move on, uh, let me welcome our new users, our new listeners who just joined. Welcome, Gustavo, Goal Crushing, Mama Lama, Claire, Lan, Matthew, Willa Morin. Uh, thanks for following. Welcome, Jennifer, Emily, Aditya, Samira, Dandri, Kate, Steve, Breward, and uh, welcome to everyone else. And thanks for sending your love. Um, I'm going to... Uh, take your questions a little bit later, but please feel free to type your questions in the chat window. Or if you want to chat with us, you can call in and we have a longer conversation. Um, I would I would like to talk about uh, pitching. Uh, let's get into more details. And I know that you you're, when you are sending your uh, pitch, it's very creative. Could you share an example? What was the most creative pitch that you sent out? 
Yeah. So this goes back several years, but I just remember it to be very memorable. So, um, so one of the most creative pitches I think that I've ever sent out was I was pitching a podcast. Um, I was pitching one of my, my clients who, um, is a female entrepreneur and this seriously like is 2013. So this is really early on, but I think it still stands mm-hmm. as an example. Um, she's a female entrepreneur and I was booking her on business podcasts and, you know, at the time in 2013, 2014, I think it's still the case today, but a lot of business podcasts were all white men guests. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And what was her business about? Um, she was a copywriter. This is like going back five or six years. So I can't remember exactly. Um, but she, so, but she, she had a great business, you know, a writer, speaker, she was a speaker. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was pitching her to business podcasts and there was one where I just was going through all of the guests that they had on. Cause I like to do some of that research to figure out, you know, what, what kind of guests they've had on before. And it was just all men. And, and I remember saying um, something to the effect of, you know, your podcast is lacking estrogen or something like that. Like I, I, <laughs> I was pretty direct about the fact that he hadn't had any female guests on his yeah, podcast. That's a brave speech. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and part of that is because I could tell the style of his show was, you know, the, the, the name of the show was sort of, you know, funny. So I could tell he had a sense of humor. Um, and he said, yes. Mm-hmm. And then that's a thing. And I've talked to a lot of podcast hosts, uh, male podcast hosts, business podcast hosts, they want, you know, more diversity in their guests. So I find that especially if you can just point it out and be honest, like, um, you know, they, they do want that diversity. So you obviously have to show that you would bring value to their podcast. Um, but they, they do, you know, want more women and people of color and things like that. So I just pointed it out very directly and I think he respected it. (laughs) (laughs) I love this example. (laughs) We also, um, just in terms of being creative at interview connections, we brought in a improv comedy. um, Yeah. I've heard about that. Could you share more about that? Sure. Yeah. Training, right? Yeah, we did a training for our staff on comedy writing um, because, you know, writing in a way that makes people laugh immediately engages them. And podcasters are getting pitched all the time. They are they literally set up filters in their Gmail. So when they get a pitch, it just automatically goes into a folder because they get so many they can't possibly read them all the time. So um, if but if you can write your pitch in a way that makes them laugh, um, I'll tell you another example. Uh, So I was pitched um, by a friend of mine, but he still sent in a pitch because we weren't like super close, but it was close enough where he could be funny in his pitch. And he is, um, is actually, I'll just tell you who he is, David Ralph. He has a podcast called Join Up Dots. And he had not yet been a guest on my podcast. And when he sent me an email to pitch himself as a guest, the subject line was, there is a lack of sexy middle-aged Englishman on your podcast, (laughs) Um, which I just thought was hilarious. And I just, it made me laugh. And so if you can write a funny subject line, then a lot of times you can get a booking 
without even having much of a pitch because people will, they, they laugh, they open up the email and that's the first step. And that's, you know, this is like, these are basically just sales tips, but when you're pitching, you know, the first step is actually to get them to want to open the email. So it starts with the subject line. Um, right. A lot of podcast hosts will say, you know, they want something really direct. You can get really creative with the subject line, but a lot of podcast hosts I, I've surveyed have actually said, just be super direct, guest pitch about, you know, like actually say what you're going to talk about in your email. Um, so you can kind of be creative and funny, or you can just be super descriptive about what your email is, which is a pitch. Um, and then, you know, in your pitch, who, you know, who are you pitching? Why are they a good fit? Um, demonstrate that you know what the show is, who the audience is. Um, so many pitches that are going out, don't even use the right name of the podcast that they're pitching or it's super general. It's like, Hey, I love your show. <laughs> this mm. person would be a good fit or I would be a great fit. And it's like, clearly you didn't even listen to the podcast. You know, it's not a good fit. <laughs> and um, so, you know, just listening to the podcast first and getting a sense. Um, do you want yeah. more pitching? Cause I could keep talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Sure. It's very interesting. Yeah. So um, the other thing is with pitching is you can really get creative. And this is super important now with a saturated marketplace. Um, get creative with how you're connecting with hosts. Um, email is obviously going to be around for a long time. But because so many people are sending pitches via email and people's inboxes are flooded. I mean, I even know entrepreneurs that don't even look at their email. They've outsourced it to an assistant and they don't even look at it. So you want to get creative with ways that you can connect with hosts. So, um, you know, we're doing a lot more pitching and connecting with hosts on LinkedIn, um, or the social media platform where you're where the podcast hosts in your industry would be hanging out the most. So really leveraging social media, because I think that we're in this age where um, online entrepreneurs are getting a lot more connected on social. They're doing Instagram stories. They're on Facebook lives. Um, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. I mean, people are active there in the messaging platform. So uh, looking at ways where you can be connecting with hosts outside of email is always great uh, because when you start on a direct messaging platform, you can actually ask questions and, and seek first to understand before you go in with the pitch. So what I like to do when I'm pitching myself to podcasts is if I can connect with the host on LinkedIn and direct message them, I like to ask them a little bit about their show um, and who their target audience is um, and, and what kinds of guests they like to have on. If I can gather all that information first, number one, I'll know if I should send a pitch because if it's totally opposite of me, then I'll, I'm not going to waste their time or mine. Um, but if they can tell me some information and I realize, oh, I would be a good fit for that, I can tailor my pitch to them in a way that makes it an obvious fit. Right. So if you guys want to be creative or if you want to pitch me or Jessica, feel free to call in and pitch us right now. Um, I'm going to take a few questions. Uh, I think we had a question about uh, your business. Does it provide service in the U.S. or internationally? We um, do have clients internationally. We have clients um, in the U.K. We have clients in Australia. Um, so we just work with we just work with English speaking. So we're not, um, you know, bi or trilingual. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Great. So, guys, if you uh, if you have more questions, just please feel free to type your questions in the chat window or call in. And thanks to those who just joined. Uh, welcome, Gabriel, Brett, Philip. Welcome, anonymous users, Anastasia, Mark, Tom, Jordan. Carlos, Elizabeth. So this is a live show, but uh, we record it and upload it as an episode afterwards. So if you missed the first part of our conversation, just feel free to check out the replays. And um, I think it's a great question from Injil again. Uh, can you give top three advice for people who are new to podcasts, who are just starting their career as a podcast host? So let's see. Um, so if this user is on live, I would love to ask a clarifying question if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so, sure. Because I think, so this is, and my clarifying question is, you know, my tips for your, my top tips for someone starting out as a podcast host are going to be very different if you are a business owner and you're wanting to really generate revenue and build a large audience or build the right kind of audience. So, or if you're starting this with a passion um, about talking about whatever topic you're going to podcast about and you're not looking to like make money with it. So those are two, two very different strategies. Um, so for the person who asked this question, I would love to know, are you getting started with podcasting you know, as a hobby and as a passion project to talk about something you're really interested in? Or are, are you a business owner and you're wanting to start podcasting as a marketing strategy? Right. So it's, yeah, probably two different paths. Uh, yeah. Just if you want to, if you want to, hi, Angel, if you want to um, talk to us, oh, as a hobby. Yeah, I, I was going to uh, ask you, why don't you call in? So please feel free to call in. Um, yeah, if if a person wants to start a podcast as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to start a podcast as a hobby, some of my top tips, I mean, number one, um, I know some people invest a lot of money into their hobbies, but like, let's just assume that you're wanting to start a podcast as a hobby and you're not looking to throw a bunch of money into it. Use a platform that makes it super easy. Um, so probably this platform <laughs> makes it super mm -hmm. easy. I know it was very easy for me to call in. So find a platform where it's going to be super easy. Um, I, I know people who have spent thousands of dollars on microphones and mixers and equipment. I think if you are podcasting as a hobby because you want to talk about something you're passionate about, you don't need to go crazy and jump, go through, like get into rabbit holes on the internet about all the different microphones, like choose a platform that makes it super easy for you. Choose a topic that you're really passionate about and that you could talk about for hours on end and still want to keep talking about it because I, you know, I've been in the podcasting business for six years. I've started and stopped several podcasts. I think that's okay. <laughs> um, but my lessons learned is that the podcast I've started and haven't continued with um, is like, I didn't want to talk about it all the time. I started a parenting podcast with my husband and I did about, I don't know, mm. 10 episodes. Um, I did Margie and I created a podcast called women's planning. We did 20 episodes and that was oh, yeah, really that's amazing. 
Thank you. And and I loved that show, but it was for a season. It was for a particular season of our life. Um, and then it wasn't a good fit for us anymore. So, and then that's okay. Maybe you start a podcast and you do 10 or 20 episodes and it really fulfills what you wanted to, to create and then it's over. Or maybe it's something like I have a good friend who has one of the top walking dead fan podcasts and you know, he's oh. been doing it for 10 years or however, however long the show's been on. Um, and they just, they talk about the show. They talk about horror movies, like other topics that are related to the show. So, um, you know, that I guess, yeah, to summarize everything I've just said is, you know, find a topic that you're passionate about and just be okay with continuing to do it for a long time or be okay with not doing it for a long time and just, you know, having fun with it. Yeah, great. So we've got a question from Dandry Ford, and Dandry is asking, uh, how did you get started? And uh, we uh, we discussed it at the very beginning. So if you missed the beginning of the show, please feel free to check it out in replays. Um, I'm going to um, ask uh, one one thing about your business. What is your five-year goal? Well, I'll tell you our, our goal for next year. So we um, hit our, our seven figure mark this year. So we're, we're on pace to do more than seven figures this year. Um, and our goal is to be at 10 million next year. So five oh. years, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but we set pretty big goals from year to year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Guys, thanks everyone who just joined. Welcome Ashley, Wafa, Anonymous User, Margie, Need, Abo, Abo, DG, Tad. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show very soon. Uh, so please let me know if you have more questions. So we are about to wrap up. Uh, and uh, before we wrap up the show, I would like to talk more about your own uh, podcast, which is called Raw the Podcast. And uh, I think it's very insightful show, actually, if uh, and I highly recommend this to everyone who wants to start their own podcast. Um, could you tell a bit more uh, for, for our listeners? Could you uh, elaborate a little bit on which topics are you talking about in your podcast? Yeah, so Rock the Podcast is a show where we dive deep into topics related to podcasting, specifically podcast interviews. So it's a very niche podcast. Um, it is a podcast about podcasting, but but very specifically, it's about leveraging podcast interviews. Um, we have episodes about how to keep your podcast bookings organized because we're talking to people, you know, we're talking to our, our listeners who are getting booked on podcasts consistently. And part of leveraging podcast interviews is to keep all of your connections and your interview opportunities organized um, and be, you know, you're promoting them. So we have an episode about that. We have an episode about um, promoting your podcast interviews, marketing your podcast. So it's all things podcasting. We do a lot of interviews with clients. Um, so you've asked uh, earlier on in this show, if you, if you just tuned in, go back to the replay because I shared some very um, some case studies. Um, so we a lot of times we'll have clients on to actually share specifically what has 
transformed in their business due to podcasting. Um, our most recent episode right now is with Eric Brotman, who um, one of his podcast interviews went viral. And, you know, he brought on over a dozen clients into his financial planning firm, which was a four to 500 percent return on investment. Um, so that's a great episode to check out. It's like 20 minutes. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I, when I'm listening to your podcast, I'm always thinking that you reveal so many know-hows and you reveal them so easily. Uh, does it bother you that you're dis- like that you reveal all your know-hows? And, yeah. Um, no, it doesn't. You know, it's funny because I I never hold back with with how you know I'll, I'll share on on the podcast on my blog. I'll, anyone asks me, I'll tell you exactly how to pitch everything. And and it doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, it's work and doing this takes work. It takes time. So I know I could teach someone exactly how to do it all. But let me tell you, I've seen people come and go in this industry. I've seen countless people try to start podcast booking agencies and fade out because it's, it's a tremendous amount of work and it takes a lot of time. So I'm happy to teach everyone how to do it because most people are not going to want to do it after a while. So that's why we're here because we do want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great. And uh, I think we have a few minutes to take one more question from our listener. And uh, we've got a question about how to be a female entrepreneur. Uh, do you face more challenges as if compared to male entrepreneur? That's a great question. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I think that you can make the argument yes. And then in other respects, you can make the argument no. I, I think that I have gotten opportunities and gotten clients um, because I'm a woman. And I also feel like there are clients I lost to my competitor because they probably connected more with, you know, a a middle-aged man because I'm also young. I'm 31 years old. So um, there's this maybe perceived lack of experience as compared to someone who's been in business for 25 years. So but I think that all comes down to stories and because and, no one is actually saying that. No one has ever said to me, I'm not going to work with you because you're a woman or I'm going to work with you because you're a woman. So when it comes down to it, I could probably create a story for either way. Um, and I think that is my, my tip for you as a female entrepreneur is like, don't, you know, don't think too much about that. Um, because I think when you get stuck in that story, that that kind of vicious circle you're just going to create the story that you want to believe. And so I just believe that I just use it to my advantage, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or just, just an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just an entrepreneur, you know, it's, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, I, and that's a wrap for the show this week. Uh, you're listening to Pod Bites, and we were joined by Jessica Rhodes, founder and co-owner of Interview Connections. Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and good luck with all your endeavors. Thank you. Great. Thanks, everyone, who joined the show today. And uh, guys, if you like the show, please follow the host so you will get notification once we start next time. Next week, we will be on the air, same time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Our guest for the next week is Stefan Krempel, who is speaker, author, consultant, the president and CEO of Krempel Communications International and former VP of Global Learning at Starbucks.
Thanks, everyone. I'll see you next week.